Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It Don't Burn It Studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to The Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-pilot and co-conspirator there, Ms. Leanne Whiffen, along with uh, Dave and Chris and the rest of the people who you don't see very often. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. Well, we, we've we got a bike, how I was going to say a bike. Icon, meaning a barbecue icon, but icon. I couldn't I couldn't make the word up fast enough. We've got an icon with us today. <laughs> Excuse me, Byron Chisholm. You all know him from uh, Bad Byron's Butt Rub Incorporated, you might say. And uh, he's been gracious enough to take the time to spend uh, the next hour with us with Leanne and myself. Byron, welcome, bud. Yes. Bye. Glad to be here. Thank you. I've been looking forward to it. So to to start off the top of the show, do you have any real funky stories about Leanne? Oh. <laughs> I don't have any funky stories, but I know we go way back. Um, I, I got to know her dad a long time ago. My first major barbecue competition was in Tryon, North Carolina. I wore this shirt. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Uh, in honor of Le- uh, Leanne and her dad, Mr. Jim Taft. Uh, that was a great contest. That was my first major contest I ever did in 1998. And I went back probably 15, 16 times through the years before, um, it, you know, the contest finally uh, dismantled. But it, it was it was just a wonderful contest. And that's where I met Leanne. And, and then, of course, uh, they would travel together in the early days and all uh-huh. cook together. And, and that's that's how I met Leanne a long time ago. So uh, yeah. we, we've been friends a good, a good while. Long time. Yeah, a long time. So, Leanne, now turnabout's fair play. Do you have any, before we get into the questioning and the cross-examination here as we do on the show, do you have any uh, stories about Byron? Um, I, remember, you can t- I remember him being at Blue Ridge, and I think I said earlier that um, I thought he won first place in all four categories. My mistake, it was only first place in three categories. But I remember <laughs> being dumbfounded because it always was a very large contest, and um and I remember him competing like by himself and I couldn't understand how he could do it all by himself. Even though I did a lot by myself. I mean, I had little helpers, you know, that ran around, but uh, yeah. And I, I remember him always having his dog with him and bringing honey and yeah. I, and I, I just remember being awestruck because everyone said, oh, he's a professional chef. He's a chef. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> he's not just a pit master. He's a chef, too. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I, I hung up my white coats. Yeah, there you go. What yeah. were you cooking on in those days, Byron? Well, man, uh, well, you know, uh, different, different years, different grills. You know, you, you just keep moving along and, and, and try, look, you know, tr- you're going for something and if you don't think you find it you keep getting new grills until you find it you know so i i learned not to ever sell my grills because if i ever want it to begin with i might want it back 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just learned to warehouse them. But uh, she talked to me, Leah was talking about how I cook by myself. Well, there's a good reason for it because when I started marketing butt rub, I was traveling freely. I had no friends that could travel freely. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in my thirties and it's like, I, I don't know any, anybody that can travel with me. And so I had to learn how to do it by myself because I was the only one that could go to all these events. I would have some help at different times, at different places. And it was messing me up because unless I had the same help, you know, consistently, yeah. it, 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 it was messing me up. And I'm like, man, I remember cooking 200 covers with just a couple of us in the kitchen. I'm like, golly, I need four boxes. I figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. The one thing I always needed was a runner, though. And uh, a runner, uh, they always got a million questions for you. So it, it was a destruction. But, you know, you just uh, deal with what you got. And uh, I was just glad to be doing it. Yeah. Did you ever find it where you were at the end of the day? You went, oh, my God, why did I take this on all by myself? No, I, I didn't have, I got into a rhythm by myself. I actually come to think that I had an advantage because once I started clicking and I started moving and I started doing it and doing it, segue and segue, it's like, you know, I'd look next door and then before people uh, having a meeting about what they're going to do next, well, I've already made three moves by then. So I would get some momentum going. And by the time I'm getting into turning time, I'm fluid, I'm rolling, I'm clicking and uh, I'm on it. So I, in a lot of ways, it's a big advantage. Um, Ideally, though, I think the best teams, in my opinion, is is a husband and wife. Uh, if not a husband and wife, at least two people that work together mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, you just you just need a little bit more help, especially running a box. And if you have to take on a volunteer to do that every time, uh, just a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the toughest part that you thought of, of, or what did you think was the toughest part when you were competing? Was it just getting there and setting up or was it, uh, you know, doing the boxes? Was it monitoring the the fire, so to speak, all night or what? Toughest part for me was mechanical because there's so many moving parts to your truck, to your, I had a fifth wheel for most of these years. Uh, There's so many mechanical things and the grills and there's so, and every time something didn't work, man, that'd throw me into a tailspin because I'm not very handy. And I'm counting on all these things working, you know, as they're all working, I'm okay. I can, I can, uh, you know, I, as anybody knows who competes it, I mean, you spend all week getting ready, you know, uh-huh. your, your, your meat selection, prepping all your sauces, your injections, all your things you do and, and getting the rig ready and service and all that. So I'm, I'm organized. I, I can do all that and I can get to the event. I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a um, amateur trucker. So I can get there. I can get set up and I'm poised, but when something starts breaking, I get my ass kicked. <laughs> Fortunately, it, a lot of the barbecues are handy, and neighbors come around like, and they kind of help you out, you know, when you when you when you can. So. No, that's that's true. I uh, I have a certain set of skills, but none of they're not consistent. Some <laughs> of it's in cooking, some of it's mechanical, very little in mechanical. Although I I I ride a a mean riding mower, I'll tell you that I'm good at making lines. I got the forest yeah. gum. Forrest Gump thing down, man. It's a poop. <laughs> Love it. Do you compete anymore? Or are you too busy with your with your no, company? I, I, you know, uh, 2019 was the last year I competed. Um, I had several. Uh, I had basically evolved to competing for the international. That's what was driving me. In fact, uh, 2020, I had three international trips planned, and they all got canceled, of course. Um, and then I had a couple of years of a shut down you know we all did and 
I got used to not competing. And for the first time since I started, I had a clean break and and I and I got comfortable not competing. So uh, I had 21 years that I competed. The business is 20, we're in our 26th year now. So uh, yeah, that's pretty good tenure. I, I think I, I just did some rough calculations. Most people, they might compete 10 years. You know, that's, that's kind of some people more, some people less. But 21 years, that's good tenure. It ran its course. It had run its course a while back. My my thing was I was I was about to want to start doing other things other than competing. And then the first KCBS in Europe was in 2012. It's gonna be in Amsterdam. I'm like, whoa man, KCBS going to Amsterdam. Going to Europe. I'm like, I'm there. I'm like, I don't know who I need to talk to about what and how we're gonna do this, but I'm going. And uh it was beautiful. I, I had such a great time. Such hospitality. They're so excited over there to get started doing that. And they were they were glad to have an American representative. I was the only one. And then uh, as they started popping them up, uh, I, I went to as many as I could. And uh, I wound up having a complete set, uh, you know, grill. Everything, I'd fly into Europe. I've got everything I need except person. Uh, it was in a friend of mine's garage, you know, tent, tables, chairs, whatever. Uh, you know, it, wasn't, it, it was kind of roughing it, but uh, I was seeing Panthers in there been too. And that was beautiful. That, that's what kind of gave me an extended eight years on top of the uh, other domestic, you know, traveling with barbecue. Yeah. Did you find that when you were competing um, outside of the country that it was much different because of the meats you could get your hands on? Well, at, at first, yes. And then they figured out real quick how to uh, find suppliers for what they wanted. So uh, they started getting Australian briskets. They started getting prime briskets. Um, they didn't cut pork the way we do with the pork butt and everything. Even the ribs were from real small hogs. Uh, there were a lot of challenges at first, but they quickly, when there's a demand, there's a supply. You know, uh, they all got together and there was enough of them where I know this one meat market in, uh, in Amsterdam, I'd go there, they'd have it all. I go through, look at all these Australian briskets. They had all these pork butts uh, from from heritage breed hogs. Yeah, so no, uh, it took a while, but uh, a little while. But 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 you know, with the internet and everything else, they 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 knew what products people were winning with. They you'd go there and you'd look around the cook sites and you'd see the same products you see in the states. You know, and and they, a lot of them, uh, I don't know, YouTube, whatever, and and a lot of them just taking classes. And then a handful of them have been to the U.S. and major events and stuff like that. So they weren't as far behind as you might think. And then they caught on real fast. They got real competitive. And still is. Um, but anyway, I just love the hospitality. I, I was I was always treated so well over there. And people were excited to see me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to a, a local contest. And it's like, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Over there, it's like, hey, I brought you something. I brought you something. I brought you some <laughs> beer from my country. <laughs> hey, look here. You know, I, I got these gifts all the time. It's like, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love Europe. Um, I like to travel. Anyway, I used to do it for a living. I don't do that anymore, but I love to travel. It's always fun to go places you haven't been, meet the people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, the thing you, about the barbecue thing is you're not you're not on the tourist trail. You're 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 amongst the locals in in, in a community somewhere. Uh, you know, you, you look around. There's no tour buses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're experiencing, and you know, of course, a lot of people, um, you know, hey, look, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to show you here. I want to take you there. I want to take you there. 
And everywhere you go, you look and you're the only one that's not from there. And that's when you know you're in the right place. Yeah. Oh, I, well, I woke up a few times like that. <laughs> Be, being the only one there and in the right place, I guess. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's another, that's that's another podcast, an, yeah, that's another story and another show. I'll tell you that. We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're going to be back with Byron Chisholm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just a minute. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. I'm JT, along with Ms. Leanne Whippin. Hall of Famer there, and we've got Byron Chisholm with us today. If you and are, he's, he's newly inducted to the Hall of Fame. I was, that was well, uh, actually, the big ceremony is coming up, right? That was October. in my script, but yeah, oh, it's I good. No, that's good. Shows you're paying attention. I like that. It's all good. Uh, Byron, what uh, let's get the obvious out of the way here. What prompted you to go into the rub business? It was just, uh, a natural expression of cooking because I was I was serious about cooking as a hobby. Uh, by the time I graduated from college, um, I, you know, I was real serious about it. And I was really trying to find, you know, so what kind of career path I've got. I, I, a lot of people were, you know, getting a bunch of suits and moving to Atlanta and Houston, place like that. And I'm like, man, that's just not me. I don't, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. And anyway, I, I finally, I said, well, you like cooking. You know, you're finally uh, good at something that you could potentially make a living at. So why don't you give it a try, you know? And that's when I started cooking for a living. Now, most people don't graduate from college and, and they start, you know, become a line cook as their dream job, especially in a seasonal Florida panhandle. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I did. And uh, it's worked out pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed cooking for uh, restaurants. I, I got, uh, you know, uh, I accepted the challenge and I got better and better and better at it. And I liked it. And I went to culinary school, but all along, uh, and now all this is in our documentary, the uh, Butterup story, and I'll tell you more about that later, but we told the whole story about how, how I got into this, but uh, I had a neighbor that taught me how to barbecue. This was 1991, and at that time, uh, most people just knew how to grill. They, you know, barbecuing. That was uh, a small niche group of people that knew how to do that, really, mm -hmm. uh, back then. So... He taught me how, and I really fell in love with it. I brought that grill to uh, culinary school in New York, Hyde Park, New York. And, uh, you know, uh, we, I, we had seasonal work down in Florida where I was where I was uh, cooking and, and, you know, real nice restaurants. And I was getting real good training there. But I had a lot of downtime. And then in that downtime, I spent a lot of time on that grill. So naturally, every component to barbecuing came, come, came out of me. You know, this is the way I do baked beans. This uh -huh. is my sauce. You know, I learned about rub because I grew up in Texas and I had some Texas cookbooks. And uh, otherwise, nobody else knew about a rub. Not at that time in the, in the South. We wasn't part of the barbecue you know, deal. Um, that all came out of Central Texas. So uh, nonetheless, I read about it, made sense. So I came up with my own little salt and pepper blend. Didn't think that much of it. But if, I love the fact that I was using this rub on butts. 
And then I, I just, I was sitting there, you know, I'm like, well, I guess this is a butt rub. And I just laugh into myself, you know. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, uh, when I came out with my own way of doing products, I, I wanted to give them away as gifts. And to give them away as gifts, I, I then decided to personalize the jars. And that's where the, the pig got created. And one thing led to another, but it just looked like it ought to be something that ought to be on a grocery store shelf somewhere. And so then I said, well, why not? Why not, you know, why, why don't I just test the waters and see how people like this stuff? And that's how I got into it. Do you think that people that are getting into the rub business now, now like your rub, Leanne's rub, you know, came from her dad and stuff. I mean, they are, they are, and pardon the pun, they are well-seasoned. They're veteran rubs out there. They're, they've got a marketplace for them. Do you think there's too many rubs getting tossed on the market now i if let me give you an example you look at um of course we do a lot of social media with the shows i see new rubs coming out every day and and there's they're probably just dandy you know what i mean right. but but so many of them it's like well this is bob's and this is jill's and this is ted's and you know this is uh ted's is kind of spicy yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, it's, it's a very competitive at the retail level. It's a very competitive business, especially yeah. on store oh, yeah. shelves. So, yeah, well, you know, the, the, the way the free market works is, you know, um, if something's overcrowded and, and, and people start dropping off, I mean, it's supply and demand and, you know, uh, there's, it's kind of like the craft beer business. You know, if you had, if you had a good craft beer 15 years ago, man, you, you had them lined up, you know, you were, you had the only one and, uh -huh. you know, maybe uh, 300 mile radius. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, every little, little old town has got a craft brewery. And so it's just uh, the best ones will survive. Uh, if people that are most committed to getting them off the ground uh, will separate themselves from everybody else. Because a lot of times people have evolution. It's like, well, I, I mean, this is great. So I'm going to make it and put it on the market. And then it's like they got a garage full of it, and it's like, whoa! I mean, you know, they realize there's a lot of work involved here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was, we were going from store to store to store, you know, until we start getting some momentum. So the big advantage that I had, I guess, I got a, I got an early start. I mean, a, a rub was not a common thing in the South. We had to explain to people how to what it was, and then, oh, do you want to buy some? Uh, you know, but we got it off the ground. It, 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 it it's worked out, you know. And then a the thing that's really kept us in business is our brand loyalty because we got in early because a lot of people tried it and liked it they've been using it for a long time right it's like they're they're not just going to abandon you just because there's a new flashy object over there you know this is part of their memories growing up i i, I had someone that was uh graduating college who said uh every barbecue i remember from my uncles and my dad they had butt rub mm -hmm. and, you know it's a part of their life you know and so that's that's the thing that i've I'm grateful for that. That I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's so much comp competition out there, and they're pulling away from the pie, but we're we're holding our own and uh, even growing. But I think it's just because we've got an early start, we've got a foothold, and we've got some good brand loyal, good loyal customers that have stayed with us. And uh, so we just do our thing, and I guess a lot of people will give it a try, and you'll probably see a lot of them, you know, start fading out. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think there's probably people we've had on this show 
that we talked about their stuff three or four years ago. And then we haven't heard from them, you know, not a lot of them, but a handful of them that uh, yeah. stuck their toe in the water, so to speak. And then uh, to get, like I said, to get retail shelf space, it's one thing to do it off a website and sell it out of that, but you still got to be able to prove it that the product is good. And the only way you do that is get it in people's hands. One, one difference that I, I, about my direction was that when I decided to do this, that was my job. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with uh, Bad Byron Chisholm and his, his butt rub That's story. That's around. There you go. Right after Good this. <laughs> Hey, are you ready to fire up your grill and get ready to taste the difference this spring and summer? Hi, I'm JT, and I'm thrilled to announce our further collaboration with Painted Hills Natural Beef to bring you your best barbecue experience. As a special treat, Barbecue Nation listeners get a 15% off discount by just typing in the code Barbecue Nation when you check out. So all you got to do is go to the Painted Hills Natural Beef website, click on the store, place your order, and when it has discount or code at the bottom, type in BBQ Nation. Don't miss out on this really juicy deal from Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Ms. Whippin, and we've got uh, Byron Chisholm with us today. Again, we would like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. And drum roll, please. There, how's that? Oh, the, the band is off today. Sorry about that, Byron. <laughs> we've got Trim Tabs uh, Pig Powder Barbecue Dry Rub was developed by barbecue aficionado Jim Tab, commonly known as Dad. To to Leanne there, and it won the uh, coveted Great best. Man. I'm 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 actually after all this time, sorry I never met the man. Uh, yeah. Leanne has told me some great stories about him, and everybody we have on the show speaks so highly of him. Um, he did this for he's this rub's been around for over thirty years, and now mm-hmm. for a unlimited time only, you <laughs> can go to pigpowder.com, and Ms. Leanne will make sure you get your pig powder. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I ship it out personally. She does. And it is all in my home everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I have coffee tables. <laughs> yeah. You have storage units with the stuff in it. Yeah. You have everything like that. So go to pigpowder.com. Leanne will personally sell, uh, ship it to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I guarantee you'll like that. And I also guarantee not to meld the two together, but if you've never tried uh, Byron's uh, butt rub, you should try it too. I've uh, there, there, I'll, I'll say this. There's two main rubs at my shelves. I've got a bunch of them that because Leanne knows we get shipped a lot of stuff to try, but I've got Leanne's pig powder and I've got Byron's butt rub there. And those are my go-tos. Sorry, so Byron, Byron, I'm going to tell you a story about my dad, and um, it has to do with the butt rub and the pig powder. So back when I was competing, I would combine the two in competition because, you know, yours is more salt and peppery and our, mine's a little sweet with heat. And so I told my dad one time I want a first in something. He goes, what did you do? And I said, well, I did a, 
you know, this percentage pig powder and this percentage butter up. And he goes, oh my gosh. And I said, and don't tell anyone. And then like a week later, he's like, I've been telling everyone. Like on a podcast. And, I- <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funny part was he turned it into his secret recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and it, anyway, it's it's kind of like a, a it was a family or a dad and me joke well, for that's a long really time. Cool. Oh, yeah, cool. I did. Honestly, uh, back in the day, I used your rub and the pig powder together. And I'd use different ratios depending on what meat I was using it on. And yeah, yeah that's all true. That's awesome. Yep. I love yep. that. Uh, that's good. I could just hear it now. I hear your dad, Leanne. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we 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 invented that stuff down around Saragossa back in, you know, 75 type thing like yeah. that. It would be very good. I just remember the first time I went to try in 1998, it was my first major contest. And uh, it was just so overwhelming all these teams all these people yeah. and, and your dad was like the founder of the whole thing it was such a beautiful setting such yeah. a great contest and uh yeah that was amazing experience and i i just wanted to meet your dad i was so intimidated i didn't get to meet him that first trip but by the by the second or probably by the second time i went uh he called me by my name and it was yeah. so flattering i'm like you know who i am you oh, know yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome yeah yeah, yeah i remember seeing the house uh, that that one house that had a view of yeah the top of Piney too. yeah he was on top uh, of the mountain yeah amazing. Man, man, man that was magical mm-hmm. wow yeah. God you guys are making me jealous I missed I don't all know what that. the hell I was doing up there maybe <laughs> somebody forgot something I don't I don't remember but I, I remember going Carolyn and Gary used to stay with us you know during yeah. the contests and uh, yeah we always had the uh, the famous baked eggs you know the following morning Sunday morning all the rituals. yeah. Well, I got invited there one day, and I'll just never forget that place. That was really yeah. Wow. You know, I was at the Jack last year, and of course, you always have the, you know, the really nice party before, but I didn't know how involved you were with the international teams, um, because they come over here unequipped, for the most part, and you have, it seems to me like you mentored at least... I don't know, four or five teams and they came in early and they spent time with you and you, you were helping them out and they were so appreciative. And I, how did you get so involved? I mean, I know you were doing international and you're right around the corner from the Jack, which makes it nice, but how did that happen? Well, all right. In terms of when you fly to a contest and you show up with a couple of suitcases, um, I was telling uh, Tuffy the other day, we we're talking about that. And I'm like, that's the biggest challenge in barbecue because, you know, I mean, we show up in 36 foot trailers mm-hmm. with everything, you know, and they're, they got two suitcases. So it, it's really uh, daunting to appear somewhere and you got all these world champions and all these, and, and you're supposed to compete against them and everything you brought was in your suitcase. So especially with the internet and everything like that, um, I met a lot of them in my travels in Europe. And so, and then through the Jack, uh, Wayne and Bill, they, when the international teams were asking them how, where they can get things, they sent them to me. Fortunately, I, we've got like a group of people now that have joined in as ambassadors. And so we, we know ahead of time who's coming in. We've got an ambassador for each team and we know what grills they've requested and we do our best. A lot of them want barrels. Barrels is a big thing. So yeah. uh, whatever grill they want, we, we're, you know, sometimes we want pellet cookers, sometimes we want offsets. So we start, you know, uh, 
there's a lot of people that are, that are like, hey, I, I'll be glad to donate whatever, my equipment. So basically, we start ahead of time figuring out what it is they want, and then and they and a lot of them um, will order their meat for them. You know, they'll, they'll tell us what what their specs are. So I I mean I, I'll have a commercial refrigerator full of competition meat. I mean, it's a it's a it's a, a lot of work and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to do that. I want to do that. I've been oh, to international events, and I was counting on people to to help me with equipment and meat and everything else. So I'm glad to give it back. I want them to have a good experience here. They're excited to be here, and I want it, I want them to have what they need so they feel like they do a adequate job of competing and do their best work. Mm-hmm. Who's the commendable? Byron, who's the person that had the biggest influence on you and your barbecuing? Ooh. Huh. Wow. Man. I should have emailed me that one. <laughs> Let me think about that. Who's the biggest person that influenced me in barbecue? Well, I guess the guy who taught me how to barbecue. Yeah. My buddy Jim, man, he, he built my equipment. Uh, he taught me, he had this big old trailer and he was, I'll tell you a little, a little quick story you might appreciate. Sure. So I'm looking for a place to rent and I pulled into this parking lot and looked at the place and oh, it's real nice. And and he flagged me down the parking lot. I saw this big old huge trailer of smoke everywhere. He says, uh, hey, don't rush off. I got some bucks coming off. He says, oh, they're looking pretty good. That uh, It's going to be delicious. So uh, come on back. And I'm like, I grew up in Texas, man. I'm like, I didn't even know what a butt was. I'm like, butts of what? What? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I love the the hospitality, uh, uh, you know, the gesture. So uh, we came back and we decided, uh, I decided to, to to rent. So I was next door to him, and so uh, he taught me all about barbecue. So I guess he was my biggest influence. And and uh, when I told him I I like to get my own cooker, you know. We we went in, uh, to a scrapyard and we got everything that you. Uh, what are we looking for, Jim? I don't know, but I'll, I'll know when I find it. And, you know, everything was eleven cents a pound. You know, and so we we put together this 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 grill, and I still got it to this day. It taught me how to barbecue. It it, it gave me uh, the vessel to fall in love with barbecue. That that started off this whole uh, uh, barbecue path. That's been uh, such a such an amazing gift to me. So I would say yes, Jim Norton. Alabama Cowboy. I don't know if that was his right real name or not because he then later told me that uh, the law in Alabama was looking for him. <laughs> he said he didn't do anything wrong, but I don't think he did. But they were looking for him, and he didn't want to go to jail. So he was living on a beach and uh, teaching me to barbecue. That's what he was doing. <laughs> hey, hey, Byron, there's a lot of guys in these big cement buildings with Constantine wire across the top. They never did anything wrong either. Fair if you right. ask him, yeah, like, maybe, I, I just got to know him as a person. I, 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 I think he was uh, a victim of circumstance, but, but I, I don't know what happened. But uh, he was gentle as a lamb. He was a good guy, a nice guy, and you know he was sure good to me. He, he, he like I said, he taught me, built that grill, never charged me nothing, uh, and I, I don't know. It, it's that relationship that spearheaded my my life in barbecue. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, 26 years now in the business, 21 years competing, the, the, all the events, the uh, all the travel, all the all the friends, the beauty and, and barbecue. As far as it just it just keeps giving, and uh, and and he, my relationship with him is was what kickstarted that, and so I, I'm I'm really uh, grateful. So my question is, did he try to teach you how to weld? 
I've never been taught that, and uh, <laughs> neither have I. I'm, I'm, I'm usually really good at something, or I suck. And I probably <laughs> that's probably in the suck category. <laughs> the uh, the first barbecue I ever had, um, this was way back in the late seventies. Uh, I had a guy that lived on one of the farms. He just cut a fifty-five gallon drum in half for me. It hadn't been used for anything, but he, I watched him. He just cut it in half, and he welded these little brackets in there, and then he took this piece of. Uh, stainless steel grating and he fit it and he cut it and it, and there it was and he built a stand a little four-legged stand for me oh. on it and that's the first one that i personally ever owned um how about that yeah uh, and i i understand what you're talking about somebody doing that for you although uh jim didn't know how to cook worth sour owl crap but he uh he could weld and he could use a torch so that's how i got my yeah. first first barbecue yeah, it works out pretty good. We are going to take another break. Uh, you're listening to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks and all the podcast platforms with uh, Byron Chisholm today. And, of course, Ms. Leanne is with us. And we'll all be back right after this. Don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to the nation. Um, we've got Byron Chisholm with us today. And uh, real easy to reach out to us, by the way. Just go to Barbecue Nation. Uh, jt.com and then you can send us an email and uh, we'll answer it i promise at some point we'll answer it ms leanne's awful busy right now and and i'm trying to get the tv thing going for us here so uh we're both pretty swamped but we will return your message uh we've got byron chisholm with us if you've never tried any of byron's uh, uh butt rub you should try it it just, just dawned on me what i have a story about byron Okay. We were filming a show called the Kingsford Barbecue Championship Series. And to me, it was before its time, but I thought it was one of the best barbecue shows ever. And what they did was they, uh, it, they did a lot of things, but one of the things that you had to do is they would roll out whatever your category was, albeit um, uh, an eel in a tank, and it was live. And so you had to kill whatever it was that you were going to cook. And I remember, Byron, didn't you have bullfrogs? Um, yeah, you know, that actual experience is, I never Disturbing. really was asked to cook a lot, of more, a lot more uh, cooking shows after that. But that's when we went from them filming this barbecue into some drama. Right. And, you know, so, you know, they made us kill these bullfrogs and then crook the legs. And uh, I was so disgusted with that. I I, I I couldn't get home soon enough. And I never, and I turned down, I didn't get asked that much, but I, I just saw where this was going. I, yeah. I, I thought it, I thought the concept was good. I mean, parts of it, I thought that was horrific, but I do remember that. I don't want to bring back a bad memory, but, 
it is something I do remember. And um, yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll drop that now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you opened the door there, Leanne. So what, what did you have to whack? Yeah. I at lobster. So it wasn't that. Oh, geez. Yeah. But still, nevertheless, we had to, we used skewers and my sister was on the show with me and we had to take the skewer and jab it into its neck, into it, like its spinal. Anyway, it was just, it just, it's as bad a story as Byron's saying, but um, yeah. So anyway, subject dropped. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll let that go. What do you, but overall, that was a good, that was a good thing. Cause most of the categories were more standard and, uh, I, I I had some good memories from that weekend. It was in Reno. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I had that... some good success. I, I was I was doing okay. And uh I don't know how I did with the frogs. I, but I, I remember on the lobster, um I try, I was trying to boil on I didn't have enough time to do that. Uh so I didn't get my lobster finished. That that kicked me out of the contest. And that's you know, what happened to I, me. Yeah. They, so it was cool because they let on the first round you could bring your own cooker on the second round we all had different cookers and we all had the same meats the third round yeah the lobster and they gave us uh la cochina whatever those mexican hog cookers and i didn't get my lobster done and they had celebrity chefs and the french chef took my lobster out and i was beating uh fast eddie and ray lampy at the time i was way ahead of him and he picks up the lobster and he throws it into the audience because they had a live audience and he goes lobster sushi and he and that was it. I was done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, was I was I was right there with that. you. I was right there with you. My life shouldn't get done either. But anyway, yeah. Well, so anyway. so Byron, what do you think of all the? There's quite a few shows on television. There's a lot of them in reruns and stuff. You know, they're still rerunning the original Pitmasters and things. But what do you, what do you think of the shows these days? Yeah, I, I probably have not seen a lot of it. Um, but I, I I think that a lot of people, of course, they've been introduced to barbecue uh, through this this media, and they've been inspired. And then, of course, uh, the barbecue boom. I always say when I when I was starting out um, in '97, you know, it was like being on the tarmac, and then you know the airplanes just rolling, 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 rolling. And then at some point, you know, in the early 2000s, it lifts off, and it's still it's still. Uh, I, I don't I don't think that it's I mean it's still rising you know as far yeah. as the boom goes and so uh, the the original thing that inspired a lot of people was the the very early Food Network specials they were just organic they would show up at a contest and they would film people what they were doing in contests mm-hmm. and uh, we we got in several of those were just just by the right place right time and it, and it, and it, for whatever reason, I, I seem to do really good when they were around. So I got some some early, real good promotion from just being at the right place, right time, and doing good that day, yeah. which uh, it's hard to put in a business plan. So, right. uh, <laughs> But that was the beginning. And those early Food Network specials were so popular that it, 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 you know, that's what inspired some of the others to start, you know, the Barbecue All-Stars, Barbecue Championship Series, which mm-hmm. later the Pitmasters. And then all the other shows, uh, Man Fire Food is awesome. Uh, you know, there's just some good, good media out there telling people what we're doing uh, in, in the barbecue world. And so in that and YouTube, Lord, all the all the videos and uh, 
uh, instructional things, you know, you, you can get a huge educational barbecue. You know, when I started, it, it, it was zero. We it didn't was zero. Have anything. Yeah. No, it, I mean, the, the books were written by people who didn't really know how to barbecue. And the barbecuers didn't write books. Uh, that would change over time. But uh, there was, there was, if you want to figure out how to be a, a competition grade barbecue cook, you need to dive in there, figure it out. Because yeah. you might have a few people give you a few pointers here and there. But in the end, you just got to pay attention to what you're doing and make it better. Use your imagination. And I think a lot of natural born cooks were some of the early champions. And now you don't really have to be that talented. You 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 can just get the right information and be real organized mm -hmm. and, and, and replicate something that's competitive. So that's a different uh, uh, deal. I think that um, the original artists were the ones that were creating their own way. And that's the way it was when I started. And uh, now a lot of people are okay with doing cover songs. You know, yeah. If, if it's if it's a good enough cover song, then they, and they can win with it. That's okay. What about the flavor profiles? They've obviously changed a bit. I don't know, man. It's not really my my game anymore. I don't. I, I'm I'm going back to more real uh, historical traditional things. Byron, we're going to get out of here, but you're going to stick around for after hours. That's where we torment Leanne. So you'll have a lot of fun no. there with that. <laughs> Off the record. Off the record, yeah, but real quick, uh, real, real quick. How can, if people don't have your butt rub in their local area, how can they find it? Can they buy it online from you or can well, they? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, buttrub.com. We've got a store there. Uh, we're an Amazon of course. Um, and also on our website, you, you know, we have our, our, our stores listed, our, uh -huh. uh, the different, uh, grocery outlets and, and things that, that, are, that carry our product. Okay. Very good. Byron Chisholm from, um, and congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Yes. Well yes. Well, it's true honor. Not mentioning that, but my bad. All right. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Byron's going to stick around for after hours. And until next week, everybody, remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, be kind, and go have some fun. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.